Welcome to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. Here we discuss fitness, nutrition, gut health, alternative medicine, and anything else that impacts your health and fitness. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another episode of the Zico Health Show. This is fitness, nutrition, and weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And if you've been listening to me for a while, you know about my struggle with gut health, asthma, and allergies. And that's my inspiration behind the Zico Health Show in Zico Health LLC and all the information that I provide to help you to be, to be the best version of yourself. But then the other day, someone I've been following for years, I think it's awesome. She reached out to me and asked me, have I ever released an episode on how I heal my gut? So, well, here it is. Because in this day and age, we know the importance of gut health, or at least we should. Yet most of us still do not make it a priority. See, there are more and more studies in literature that are coming out that explains the connection between gut health and diabetes, cancer, obesity, COPD, and just about every health issue you can think of. So in this episode, I'm going to dive deep into some of these connections and the changes I made to improve my health. And remember, this was even after my doctor basically told me to take my medicine when I asked, is there any nutrition changes that I could make? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming doctors, but most do not get any nutrition training whatsoever, which is a shame. I have um, people in my family who are graduating, graduating from medical school, but still ask me nutrition questions about getting healthier, losing weight, having more energy, because they don't get this type of training, which is insane. See, most MDs only have medicine in their toolbox. Do you wonder why the world has been getting sicker and sicker? And yes, even before COVID. So stay tuned for this episode because you need to hear everything I'm about to say. But before I begin, I want to quickly talk about something that I've been hearing more and more. And that's the term, I'm vaccinated. Now, I'm going to say this. I am not an anti-vaxxer. But we need to be more responsible. See, due to poor education, and that could be by political leaders or even our medical professionals, or honestly, sometimes just pure ignorance, we do not fully understand that vaccination by itself does not stop you from catching or spreading COVID-19. And don't take my word for it. Here is a link to an article from USA Today entitled, USA Today, Keep Your Guard Up. The CDC studies show waning COVID-19 vaccine efficacy as Delta variant sweeps the United States. Now, of course, the link to this article will be in the show notes. That's how I say, here's the link. And this and all articles will be in the show notes. 
But in this particular one, it states that immunity to COVID-19 from vaccines might be declining over time as the highly contagious Delta variant surges across the country, according to new research from Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. It then goes on to say that the Delta variant now accounts for more than 95% of U.S. cases, according to the CDC, and has led to a rise in death in 43 states, the worst tally since December, before America's deadliest month of the pandemic. That's a USA Today analyst, John Hopkins University data shows. Now, I'm not saying this to scare anyone, but I hope you to read the entire, the entire article because I want you to be aware. In fact, I was reading another article today. It was in uh, CNBC. And there were, I think the person that, I think that he was the former director of, I believe he was the CDC actually. And he was uh, mentioning that, well, of course, we should notice by now that since May, the CDC stopped tracking infections in vaccinated individuals. So that's why there are more numbers on unvaccinated individuals. And he and that they should resume tracking infections in vaccinated people as well. But something that's striking in the article that I really like, because he said that a lot of vaccinated people may, may end up being asymptomatic and can spread the virus which is very interesting because it doesn't make sense if you're going to have, if, if it doesn't stop you from really contracting COVID-19, but maybe that you don't, you, you combat it better. Your immune system is stronger against the virus. You may not even show symptoms, which may make it asymptomatic. So that really does make sense. And that's something else to think about. So why am I bringing all this stuff up though? Here is another link by the CDC, which links connection between underlining health issues in COVID-19. And it reads, adults of any age with the following conditions can be more likely to get severely ill from COVID-19. Severe illness means that a person with COVID-19 may need hospitalization, intensive care, a ventilator to help them breathe or may even die. If that doesn't scare you into fixing your, your life, losing weight, getting healthier, I don't know what will. But I'm going to read a few of these. Cancer, chronic kidney disease, heart condition, in compromised states like a uh, weak immune system. Oh, duh, right? And that is a great, great intro into today's topic because I'm really going to get into poor gut health and obesity and the connections of them. But stop looking for a pill. Stop looking for, okay, I'm getting the vaccine. I'm great. No, that does not mean you're great. There's nothing that replaces proper nutrition and lifestyle changes. When I look at people who are older, who are overweight, and I, and I look at people older who are healthy and who um, are at a, you know, a good body weight, even though, remember, body weight is not the only predictor of health. 
But when I look at the two, the big difference is surprise, surprise, their diet and their lifestyle and how they have kept it for such a long period of time. And they don't feel like, see, we in such a bad culture that we don't eat like crap. We feel like we are taken away. No, we're only trained and programmed to eat like crap. But in actuality, when we have good gut bacteria, we will crave good food. But most of us have inflamed guts, filled with oxidative stress, weakened immune system, bad gut bacteria, and then we wonder why we, we, um, we don't have any energy or why we have such high rates of cancer and diabetes and all these different health problems. We can barely breathe and we go outside because we have COPD issues. And, you know, we just accept it as a normal part of life because we don't want to change. And change starts with you. At the end of the day, change starts with you. Another thing I wanted to say before I begin to the episode is, we also in a culture that we accept this so much, we say, don't fat shame. Don't fat shame. Let me tell you something. If you're fat, you're fat. Period. You have a problem with it, that's your issue. Because don't expect me to want to coddle you, or sorry, coddle you, I guess is the word, right? Because you don't want to change your life. If that turns somebody off, this is not the show for you. Now let's get into the episode. See, for starters, your gut is where most of your immune system resides and where gut bacteria meets. I love this article. Of course, again, we'll be in the show notes. It's by uh, John Hopkins Medicine, and he outlines this very well. It states, a huge proportion of your immune system is actually in your GI tract says Dan Peterson, Associate Professor of Pathology at John Hopkins University School of Medicine. See, it goes on to say that the immune system is inside your body and the bacteria are outside your body, and yet they interact. For example, certain cells in the lining of your gut spend their lives excreting massive quantities of antibodies into your gut. Say it again. Certain cells in the lining of your gut spend their lives excreting massive quantities of antibodies into your gut. Think about that. See, now they're talking about this new approach, right? Where people who have survived COVID who have the antibodies, they're going to transplant them into individuals that don't have the antibodies. But here's the connection here. Even outside the transplant, if you have the right gut bacteria, they can excrete the right antibodies into your gut. Think about that. That's not just COVID related. That's against the flu and diseases and, and you know, just every health issue you can think of. By having the right antibodies, you can fight these off better. Now, it goes on to say, Cynthia Spears, a professor of, oh, sorry, Cynthia Spears, a professor of medicine at John Hopkins and a member of his Kimmel Cancer Center studies the role of microbiome in causing colon cancer in mice and humans. Colon cancer seems to stem from an interaction among the microbiome 
the immune system and epithelial cells that line the colon. See, it goes back to gut health. See that? Everything goes back to your gut. Because 95% of your immune system resides in your gut. So I hope you click on the link and read the entire article. But something else this states. No one species have been found to always cause colon cancer in humans. Instead, carcinogenesis may have to do with a shift in the ecology, um, ecology of the gut. One of these days, I swear, one of these days. So in the makeup of the bacterial community. So we talk about carcinogenesis, right? That's you know basically things that are cancer causing or the process of you know developing cancer. It may have to do with a shift with the ecology of your gut, the environment of your gut, basically. So basically, this is saying that having a healthy gut environment can help you to fight off cancer. I mean, yes, I can. Will help you. Now, I'm not going to say that, you know, everything in things 100% and you never get cancer. And I, I can't make any kind of claims like that. But 95% of your immune system resides in your gut. So by having a healthy gut, you can fight off cancer. And as you know, if your immune system is weakened, it will be hard for you to fight off any diseases and viruses. So yeah, that was a mouthful. But I really wanted to highlight the importance of gut health. Now, oh, and before I continue, it's not just about cancer. And I said it earlier. Gut health is connected to so many health issues. I just don't have the time to put every single article in this episode. But they really are. If you want to talk about it, send me a DM at Zico Health on my Instagram. We can get into that a lot more. But now I'm going to talk about my personal struggles and the changes that I've made. Because that's what I promised in the beginning. And my disclaimer are, before making any dietary changes, please talk to a medical or licensed professional. So I'm not diagnosing anybody here or telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what I have done. And thesis may work for you, but you want to talk to a medical or licensed professional. Because your situation may be different than mine, but the underlying issue stays the same. We need to improve the health of our gut. So here's my story. So you know I struggled with allergies and asthma. And what I didn't know at the time was that my asthma was not related to activity, but to the health of my gut. See, I learned through studying books from Dr. Stephen Gundry. Awesome books, by the way, like The Flame Paradox. I learned so much. And he taught me about lectins and other poisons in foods and how they damage our guts. But I didn't do his exact program because I am a skepticist. But here's some of the changes that I make. 
One, I eliminated most foods that contain lectins. You can find a list of these foods from, from his book, The Plant Paradox. That was important because I had to get rid of the food that were causing inflammation and oxidative stress in my gut. Two, I changed how I prepare certain foods to eliminate the anti-nutrients. For example, beans, I soak and pressure cook them. And I do not eat beans from a can because they're not prepared properly. Because beans are naturally high in lectins. But by soaking and pressure cooking, you can eliminate a lot of the lectin content. Preparation. Next thing is, no one's going to be surprised by this. I stopped eating any foods that were high in added sugars. Even though I wasn't overweight, sugars were wrecking, not wrecking, wreaking havoc on my gut. The next is uh, I included more organic and non-GMO foods in my diet. This is not a scam, people. Pesticides are killers, and they are horrible for our guts and gut bacteria, or what Dr. Gunji likes to call them, our gut buddies. But think about it. If they're killers, when you ingest them, what do they do? They kill what's on the inside of you. But hold the phone because I didn't just stop there. We know that external factors also play a role. I'm not going to list all the books and all the studies over the years, but I'll give you the summary of the things that I've done. One, and you heard me talk about this a million times. If you're listening to me, you know what I'm going to say. Improve sleep hygiene. See, getting quality sleep is vital for gut and immune health. And in the in the show notes, I'm putting a link to my article "Habits to Get um to Get Quality Sleep," so you can see the steps that I take I took, I should still take to improve my sleep hygiene, so I wake up feeling amazing. The next thing is I implemented habits to reduce stress including meditation, spending time with positive people, positive and motivating people, listening to podcasts, that actually got me the idea to start my own podcast, watching cartoons, yes, I said it. My favorite cartoon is actually Phineas and Ferb. I can watch it for hours. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big child, but you know what? I'm okay with it. It helps me to de-stress and reminds me of a simpler time. Because these stress wreaths havoc on our gut, and it's impossible to have a healthy gut if you're constantly under stress. And external stress also leads to oxidative stress because it puts stress on your body. And your body thinks you're in danger, high cortisol. There's so many things I've talked about in past episodes, but being in a stressful state, even if you have a really good diet, being in a stressful state, still making hard on yourself. The next thing is um, spend more time outside, primarily in the sun. See, sunlight has more benefits than just vitamin D. I actually know someone who we're talking about benefits of the sun and she's talking about vitamin D and she's a nurse. And I was like, okay, vitamins, the sun is not just about vitamin D. And if you're blocking out the benefits of the sun, 
you're blocking out some of the biggest things you need to improve your health. There is there are even studies that are coming out showing a connection between adequate sunlight and fat loss, mental health, and emotional health. So please, please, please do not overlook this. Here's some here are other dietary changes that I've made though. See, I, for one, I ate foods that are natural as possible. I actually eliminated processed foods for about six months. And even now, processed foods are really only about 20% of my diet. Because food in nature is designed for us, what we need. When we start to process it, we, especially with the heat that's used, we rob it of the nutrients. And even if we put it, try to put it back in, it's not the same as what comes in nature. And I'm going to talk about that more in a future episode. But eating more natural is always going to be better. Next thing is uh, I eat more food that are rich in good sources of fat, primarily nuts like almonds, pistachios, and um, walnuts. Even though with walnuts, I kind of, even, even with pecans too, I kind of have to put them in uh, yogurt. I can't just pop them and eat them like themselves, but you know, they taste really good in yogurt, like really good Greek yogurt. It's delicious. But keep in mind, though, that cashews and peanuts are not nuts. Cashews are fruit, peanuts are legumes. So that's why I didn't bring them up in the nuts category. And if you eat those, eat them in moderation. In fact, Dr. Stephen Gundry mentioned in his book how, uh, how rich in lectins they are and can be damaging to a gut in high amounts. So if you're going on a gut healing diet, you may want to eliminate those. Also eat salmon, tuna, and mackerel. Primarily salmon and tuna, but fatty fish. Especially trying to lose weight, fatty fish is your friend. Barring that you're not allergic, of course. Next thing is uh, I drink bitter teas and eat bitter foods. See, bitter is good for your gut. Have you ever realized, for example, that dark chocolate is more bitter than regular chocolate? And when you eat more bitter foods, you actually crave sweets less and less. It really happens because probiotics is good bacteria. Bitter food, you're putting good, good bacteria into your gut, which is causing you to crave bad foods less and less. And let me say this over, actually. Do not crave bad foods. That sounds better. I put a post on my Instagram uh, two, three days ago. As of this podcast, I said two, three days before, and I mentioned um, ginger and the health benefits and weight loss. And just about everyone who's from another country said, I love having ginger with turmeric. Um, I, I, I use it in my t tea, you know, with my curry and in different spices, you know, different blends and so on and so forth. But from America, I heard, oh, I might need to try that. Or I don't like it. It's, it's, I just don't like how it tastes and stuff like that. And we wonder why we are literally the most unhealthy nation in the world and the most obese nation in the world who live on medication and pills while the rest of the world. Not saying that, you know, they're perfect. Nobody's perfect, right? But in comparison, they're doing a lot better than we are. And the countries that have these natural habits are doing way better than most of the world. 
And the people I'm talking about who said to me, they actually like to, you know, have it in their tea with their turmeric, so on and so forth, are from the eastern side of the world, which is a lot healthier than us. Next thing I made sure I was staying hydrated. This is always a staple. Our bodies are mostly made of water, and I'm sick and tired of people with the stupid, one of the dumbest things people can tell me is only drink water when you're thirsty. Who the hell came up with that? Only drink water when you're thirsty. Your body is mostly water. In fact, every function in your body needs water. And I asked somebody this the other day when they told me that stupid thing. I asked them, sorry, I lost my composure there because I just cannot believe that people would say that. When somebody asked me that, I asked them, do you know that people can live longer without water? I'm sorry, without food and water? Why is that? If you, if you need more food than water, why is it you can live longer without food? Because our body needs more water. And a hint for this, ladies, you want to find a fountain of youth? Keep yourself hydrated. Because you've ever, if you've been hungover, and you're dehydrated, and you look in the mirror, you look like you aged 20, 30 years. So think about putting your body through that every single day for 30 years or however long. Keep yourself hydrated. It's not just about drinking water because I don't want, I want to quench my thirst. By the time you're thirsty, you've already been dehydrated. And this is a biggie. Intermittent fasting has really transformed my life. In fact, I'm still having eaten today because this is my dinner to dinner 24 hour fast. So I'm going to eat after this episode, after I put this episode together, or maybe during, but intermittent fasting is important though, because every healthy nation in the world fasts. Even if you go to like the um, the blue zones, they have some type of fasting protocol. Not, they may not fast every day, but they have moments where they do they they abstain from foods. See, this may look different for each person, and I'm not making a recommendation here. I'm just telling you what I did and and things that can be beneficial. But fasting is important is important to reduce inflammation and oxidative stress. And I've talked about it in, in, in length, how they wreak havoc on our guts. Now, this might sound overwhelming, but start here and take the holistic approach. And if this is a lot, um, you don't have to do all these at once because I made changes over years. And especially as I learn more, Today, I'm still learning and I'm still making changes. But save the show notes. I'm going to list this one, zikahealth.com slash changes. And use this as a guide to how you can improve your gut health. Thank you very much. Stay awesome, fam. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, Save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, 
friends, co-workers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.